It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Build-Up as we get ready for today's afternoon game against Chicago. I, you know, I guess it's this evening, this afternoon, I don't know. What do we really consider 5 o'clock? It's not quite the evening. Uh, yeah, anyway, we got ourselves a 5 o'clock start against Chicago tonight, and of course, the Sharks Lost to Chicago in Chicago, 5-4 in a shootout, which was a good effort for them. And I would hope that the Sharks are able to return the favor and beat Chicago convincingly at home. Because I go by a simple logic that if you can take a team to a shootout on the road, you should be able to beat them at home. And of course, it is the first night of a back-to-back, -back, home and away tonight, hosting Chicago. Tomorrow in Vegas, where I would like to hand them a rare regular season defeat. The Sharks... Not had too much success against Vegas in the regular season. And then after that, guys, ugh, we only have one more home game. It's going to be Tuesday night against Anaheim. I don't want this season to end. I know there are some of you that are going, why, Ted? Don't you want this to end? Put us out of our misery. No, I, uh, I never want to uh, see less Sharks hockey. I'm one of those people that when we head into the offseason, um, you know, I lose a little bit of that structure. And yeah, I know that there's other sports going on, but, you know, setting my personal schedule to the Sharks is something that, uh, well, it's been a consistent aspect of my life for some time, I'll put it that way. But after Anaheim, then we've got at Edmonton on Thursday night, and then at Seattle on Saturday night, and then I'm willing to bet we'll get some postseason availability on the 30th, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is it, guys. We are at the end, so it's, uh, it's frustrating because I think we all had high hopes for this year, and I know we've been you know, mathematically eliminated for a while now, and even before we were mathematically eliminated, the writing was on the wall, but we all wanted this year to be a return to form, and you didn't want it to be a third straight year or a first time in franchise history without making the playoffs. And, you know, I've had this discussion with people a lot lately, and whether it's um, you know, fans, whether it's pundits, whether it's other you know, people just around the idea of whether or not the Sharks are that far off. And I, I just, I don't think they are. I think that if you can put more depth on this team, specifically in scoring, then you have the pieces in place to make this a pretty good team in a timeline that's relatively soon. I, I understand that this team has not looked great this year, but I also say, you know what? They are not that far off. If you look at all these losses, I mean, we look at Dallas, April 2nd, 5-4. We look at Edmonton on the 5th, 2-1. We look at Calgary on the 7th, that was 4-2. Vancouver on the 9th, 4-2. Nashville on the 12th, 1-0. Chicago on the 14th, 5-4. Dallas on the 16th, 2-1. Minnesota on the 17th, 5-4. Columbus on the 19th, the Sharks held on for a 3-2 win. And then our most recent one, against St. Louis, a 3-1 loss. It's not like they're getting blown out, right? I mean, that's the thing that I'm taking away from this. Even if you go back to March, okay? A 3-1 loss to Vegas on the road. I don't hate that. The 8-0 loss to Anaheim, or excuse me, to Nashville, that was bad. 
Yeah, first one to admit it. And then on the sixth, you have a 3-2 overtime loss at Anaheim. Then you have two straight wins over the Kings. The first one, 4-3, really tight in overtime. And then you blow them out 5-0. Then you look on the 15th of March, 3-2 loss. Then you look at the 17th, a 3-0 loss to LA, which again, you're not getting blown out. 5-3 against Colorado. That was a good effort. You beat Arizona 4-2. Then you then you beat Calgary 4-3. You lose Edmonton 5-2. You beat Anaheim 4-1. You know, it's like you don't have these awful, awful losses in here. You lost to Arizona 5-2 on the 30th. You lost to Colorado 4-2 on the 31st. That sets you down that spell of where you weren't, um, you know, doing very well. But even if we go back to February, you know, you have a 3 nothing loss to Edmonton. If I recall, that was a one nothing or 2 nothing game into the third, which you feel like is a winnable game. You lost to Vancouver 5-4 in overtime. You lost to Vegas 4-1. Okay, that one's relatively convincing. You lose to Anaheim 4-3 in a shootout. You beat the Islanders 4-3 in a shootout. You lose to Boston 3-1, which was, if I recall, a pretty good game. You, you beat Seattle 3-1. And that month started with a 3-2 overtime loss to Tampa. I mean, the, the blowouts, guys, they're few and far between here. And if you go to that road trip in January that ended things, you had a nice win in Washington. You had the overtime loss to Florida in which you had a 2-0 and 3-1 lead on the road. You had the 2-1 loss to Carolina before we get to that loss at the start of uh, February, Tampa 3-2. I mean, these are not terrible things. These are not awful games. This is a team in the Sharks that was mostly competitive, which is, again, why I'm amazed that so many people want the complete teardown because I just feel like it's not that far off. It's not like the Sharks are an abysmal team. I think that, you know, if let's, let's look at their goal differential and where it stands now on April 23rd, which is, you know, we've got five games left. But if we look at where they are in terms of goal differential, it is minus 47. Start taking away the aberrations, like the 8-0 loss to a team like Nashville. Make that, you know, a little bit more in line. I mean, you just start playing that game. And I know, listen, standings don't lie. But you just feel like, okay, this team isn't that far off. And it's incredible because I see, you know, people writing stories about the Sharks and what they're going to do. I just, again, not that far off, which is why I think that if you can situate yourself well, in the offseason, you know, the, the draft obviously is important for the future, but I, I think that, you know, obviously you want to bring in players that are going to be able to help you next year. If the Sharks can do that, then they put themselves right back into the fray, which is something that, again, I don't think it's that too much to think as a capability. I think they definitely have that ability to go out there and put themselves right back in that position to where they can be in the playoff hunt a year from now. And you know, I, I know that the standard is to be in the playoffs, but I would rather be in the hunt right now than where the Sharks are now. You can do it one step at a time. I know it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I suppose the Sharks could be right back in the thick of things next year, but I just want them to take those steps in the right direction and be at a place where they can be part of the conversation right now, as opposed to not being part of the conversation. And I think that what we've been seeing lately in terms of the evolution of a Noah Gregor, the evolution of a Scott Reedy, you get more out of Balsers uh, suddenly with Bordalo and Gregor on that line together. I mean, these are the types of things that you want to see. You want to see positive steps if you don't have anything that you're battling for right now. Although I do like the idea of making it a best of seven at the end of the year 
with uh, Scott Reedy sharing that quote the other day about, well, you know, the, you want to make it a best of seven to finish out the year. And they're one and one through the first two games of this seven game series. And, uh, you know, I know not everybody loves that, but I, I like it. I like the idea of creating competition where there is none. But I also think that it's important for it to be coming from the big guys as well. And lately we heard it the other night from Bob Bugner. The Sharks' big guys have not been their best players. The common refrain this entire year from Bob Bugner quite plainly has been, our best players need to be our best players for us to have a chance to win. So as much as we do enjoy watching Balsers and Gregor and Bordalo and some of these other players have productive games, you don't win unless you have Couture and Timo and Hurdle and Burns and Carlson. Obviously, he's been out injured once again. But you need all those guys to be factors in the games for the Sharks to walk away with wins when all is said and done. And the other night, particularly Timo and Hurdle were not up to snuff. Um, and that's something that's been discussed over the last couple of days. And, you know, I understand it. it's the it's the end of a year in which they've done everything they can to push this team, you know, higher in the standings. And ultimately there's not been enough around them. And so I imagine they're tired. I imagine that there is, you know, some, there's some mileage on their bodies right now because they have played hard hockey all year long. These are big physical guys who use their bodies as a big part of their game. And the carrot at the end of the stick has been taken away. And now they are not able to vie for the Stanley cup playoffs and you're nearly at the finish line. And I I imagine the flame for a guy like those maybe starts to dim a little. And I don't mean to question their effort or anything like that, but it's just like you take a lot of a pounding over the entirety of the year. And when you're in the final stretch like this, I can understand how maybe they're not just completely sharp and focused as they were earlier in the year, because above all else, they are human. They might be some of the best hockey players on the planet, but I still acknowledge that they are most definitely human beings and that it's hard when your motivation changes and that what you look at a different situation and it's, you know, that's natural. That's what happens. That said, since Bob Bugner has called them out on it, I would expect a relative return to form tonight from both Timo and Hurdle. And I wouldn't be surprised if either of them had, you know, each big nights or one of them had a big night or, you know, it's just, it's how it goes. And And I'm also looking at Logan Couture and Brent Burns as well. And I wish Eric Carlson were back healthy and ready to go. Uh, but it is something that, you know, we just we just don't know right now. And I don't know if we're going to get an update when Bob speaks for the media. That'll happen after this recording goes down. But it's something that you're definitely hoping for. And it's something you're definitely looking at down the stretch here. It's like you want to see if Timo and Hurdle can respond. You want to see your younger guys continue to trend in the right direction. You want to see, you know, more production from everyone because you you would rather end the year on a winning note as opposed to that of losing. And I know that people do not agree with that. And I know that some of you, you know, want to see it just bottom out and in, in try and get draft picks. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that any of those draft picks are going to pan out. I look at what is the here and now and what is the reality for the Sharks. They've got contracts where guys aren't going anywhere unless something very, very drastically changes. They have got talent here that they can work upon. They've got guys that are in the prime of their careers and getting better like Amario Ferraro. You've got established big-time studs in the NHL like Hurdle, like Couture, like Meyer, like Burns, like Carlson. I mean, you just, you have a lot of pieces to work with. You have a lot to try and build around, and I think that's what the team wants to do. And I think the biggest thing out of this year is that the Sharks settled down the goalie situation, because I think that was that was a tough pill for them to swallow the last couple of years, that they were not getting the net minding that they probably felt they deserved. 
And if you want to know what the difference is, the Sharks last year played 56 games, right? 56 games, not a whole lot. What was the Sharks' goal differential one year ago through 56 games? It was minus 48. Yeah, that's the type of difference that the net minding has made this year. When you look at the Sharks this year through 77 games, they were at minus 47. So that, to me, should be very much indicative of how much better the Sharks have been this year in terms of what they are giving up and the way they are getting blasted last year versus how it's going down this year. It's a better team this year. Now, they might still be in seventh, just as they were a year ago when all was said and done. Obviously, different divisions, so it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But you should be able to tell watching the Sharks team that it's much better than they were a year ago, and it's not that far off, at least in my opinion. Some people think that it should be completely torn down. Some people think that it's, you know, just a lost cause right now. I I disagree, and that's fine. That's the fun of sports talk. We can have these debates. But I have to admit that while there is nothing really at play right now, I do, you know, tend to get excited about what Noah Gregor can bring next year. I do tend to get excited about what Balsers can be next year, what Bordalo, what Eklund. These are the things and these are the guys that I start thinking about, that I start getting uh, amped about because what else, A, do we have to look forward right now? And then you want to have these storylines going into the offseason. I mean, I think that, you know, big storylines, obviously what's, you know, they've got three goalies in two spots. What are they going to do there? What's the GM situation turning into? What is Eric Carlson going to be able to do? What is Brent Burns going to be able to do? Can Timo follow it up? Can Hurdle live up to the expectations of the contract? Can Logan Couture can ha- have another bounce back year the way he did this year? And I think a big part for Logan Couture this year compared to a year ago has simply been health. But these are all part of the, you know, the, the things we're going to be talking about. And we're going to have a longer than desired offseason in which we can discuss them. So it's, you know, it's going to be on our minds. And I would hope that the Sharks are able to bring in those pieces that allow them to have greater success next year. Because I go back and watch the games this year. The obvious, obvious problem was the inability to score. You go beyond that, it's a pretty solid team. May not be great, may not be world beaters, but you don't need it to be a Stanley Cup champion next year. What you need to do is put the pieces in place that will allow you to grow into that. If you can be ahead of schedule, then I'm all for it. If you can get to the playoffs, if you can go on a deep run, maybe a little bit sooner than you would have otherwise anticipated, then by all means, I would like to see that happen. Another one that I'm going to be paying attention to early and often next year, Mark Edward Vlasic. I think that the way he's looked over the past 20 games, it's been in line with my expectations of what I wanted him to look like all year long. But at the start of the season, he even got sat down at one point. It just, it wasn't there. He didn't look like he was the player that was on par with what we'd expected from him. You know, not that I expect him to be what he was, you know, many, many moons ago, but I do expect a certain level of conviction in his play and a certain level of just overall, you know, kind of, I guess it's that accountability that Bob Bugner always talks about, and I just wasn't sure if I saw it. Now, lately, he's been playing much better, and he's looked, you know, pretty pleasing. And I, I think I've been like, wow, where was that guy in November? Where was that guy in December? It's all part of the narrative that we're going to be looking at going into next year. And the other thing that I have to remind myself while I talk about all these players is that there could be great change between now and the start of next year. There could be trades. There could be injuries. There could be signings. There could be God knows what. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we are entering one of the most intriguing, albeit uncertain, off-seasons in the history of the San Jose Sharks. And I don't mean a negative uncertainty. I just mean... We don't really know what's going to happen next. I mean, right now, this team has an interim GM. 
we don't know what the overall not course is going to be because I think that it's pretty clear the Sharks want to get themselves back into the playoffs and contention as quickly as possible. But I think just what types of players are going to be populating the team? What is the style of the Sharks specifically going to be? Because I, I know that Bob Bugner and what he does right now is somewhat as a result of the lack of talent on the team. I totally, I totally get that. He has to play a certain style. He has to give these guys a chance to be in games because he doesn't want them getting blown out. He doesn't want them being demoralized. He doesn't want them being embarrassed. So I think that that's going to be part of the discussion and seeing what type of personnel changes happen. And I think that it's very encouraging this year just to see the way the team is stuck up for one another. That ultimately is going to go a long way. Other teams hear it. Free agents, they'll hear about the good vibes in the Sharks locker room. They'll hear about the enjoyment that people have when they come to San Jose. I mean, playing in San Jose is the best recruitment aspect you can possibly have because guys come to San Jose and they don't leave. I mean, that's just kind of how it's been for a long, long time. Or at least if they do come here, they want to stay and they want to stay for a while. You got to give Doug Wilson a lot of credit for that. You got to give Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe and Joe Pavelski and Logan Couture and Brent Burns and all the different guys that we associate with the Sharks as having a big part of why guys want to come here and why guys want to stay here. There's good vibes around this organization. It's actually something that the next GM is going to be tasked with to a great deal is that they have to continue a legacy and a culture of guys wanting to come to the San Jose Sharks. But I think that you know, you, you have an infrastructure in that capacity that somewhat exists, that guys do want to come here, that they want to be a part of what is going on here. And plus, you know, these guys all came into the building when it was packed a couple of years ago when the Sharks were still, you know, vying for, you know, division titles and still playing deep into the playoffs. We all know that the tank, when it's, when, when, the, when the going is good, the tank is about as electric as it gets. And guys, they go to those buildings around the NHL and they see that it's not like that anywhere. And then, you know, when the Sharks or battling teams in the playoffs and big regular season games, that it's just, it's the place to be. There's no other place like the tank, you know, in the Bay Area. And I give them a lot of credit, and I give the fan base here a lot of credit for making it that way. And it's it's all part of the recruitment process. Plus, there's the weather. Yeah, it's a bit more expensive to live in California than anywhere else, especially the Bay Area and especially the South Bay. I'm not even going to try to deny that because we all know it is accurate. But... You also have to look at this and say like, yeah, there's a lot to like about wanting to play with the Sharks and a lot to like about wanting to be in the South Bay. And you would hope that that is going to help guys come to this team and bring the Sharks back into relevance once again. Because I think that's that's one of the things that bothers me the most. It's not the losing per se, which sucks. I, yeah, losing 10 in a row is terrible. Don't get me wrong. But it's watching all these other teams gear up for a playoff run and watching all these other teams at the deadline who are making acquisitions and watching all these other teams that are talking about, you know, playoff matchups and seedings. And it's just like, we're not part of that right now. We're not in that discussion. We're not in that area where we are talking about these fun times and looking at all the, you know, incredible things that happen in the playoffs. Because, you know, even if you lose in the playoffs, which happens to, you know, all but one team, you usually end up with a good story and a good memory and a great you know, game out of the mix and you're able to talk about things like I can't think about many Sharks runs in the playoffs that were, you know, without merit. I mean, listen, in 2014, when they lost in seven games to the Kings, I was low after game seven. I was down on the glass with Jamie Baker. And that was a that was just a terrible, terrible night. Don't get me wrong. But do you remember how up you were after game one and game two of that series? Like, I remember I was just flying, just riding those endorphins thinking that, man, this, you know, the Sharks are cruising, they're going to crush and they're going to roll and they're going to win the Stanley Cup. And okay, I was wrong, but those memories stick with me. 
I had, you know, a lot of fun with those first two games of the series. And I go back, even if the Sharks had lost Game 7 to Las Vegas in 2019, what's unfortunate is that Game 6 was one of the best games of all time. Double overtime, Tomas Hurdle. I mean, that was just one of the most incredible games. But we're not part of that right now. And I want to be part of that. Let's hope it happens sooner rather than later. All right, that wraps it up for the build-up, everyone. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.